0: Hello, crypto Cryptonauts. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, episode 546 for this day. This Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. All right, let's go ahead and get started really quick with the market. We're going to go real quick. Here we go. Ready? Uh, All right, so market cap is at $1.1 trillion, down by 0.8% with a Bitcoin dominance of 47% exactly with Ethereum at 18.1%. All right, let's check out the top 10. Bitcoin is at 27,200 with a seven-day gain of 3%. Ethereum at 1,600, roughly around 1,700, I would say, with a seven-day gain of 1.4%. And number three... Number 3 is Tether at 99 cents with a no gain no loss in the 7 days uh, because it's a stable coin, right? Number 4 is BNB at $222 with a 7-day gain of 2.6% and number 5 XRP at 52 cents with a little it's a tiny loss of the 7 days with a negative point 0.3% and number 6 USDC at $1 and no gain, no loss for the seven days because again, it's a stable coin. Number seven, Lido staked Ether at uh, 1700 and a gain in the past seven days of 1.5%. Number eight, we have Cardano at $0.26 cents with a 1.5% loss in the past seven days. Dogecoin at $0.06 cents with a 2.5% gain in the past seven days. And Solana, our last of the list is Solana at number 10 with uh, $20.65 and a 5.1% loss. That Kryptonauts is our top 10. All right, let's go to the next tab here. We do have Pacific Bitcoin coming up October 5th and 6th in Los Angeles, California. If you guys want to know more information, head on over to PacificBitcoin.com. Now, am just going to show you guys here what this website has. Featured speakers, Jimmy Song, Lynn Alden, and Greg Foss, Alex uh, Gladstein, Corey Clipston, uh, Preston Pish, Stacey Herbert, Max Kaiser, uh, Stefan Levera. Get your tickets right now. Your tickets are <clears throat> for the general admission, $600. VIP tickets at $2,900. <clears throat> the the perks of pacific bitcoin dive in dive deeper play connect refuel and refresh and party of course what's what's a fun get together without a party so if you guys want more information head on over to PacificBitcoin.com. all right i would appreciate it if you guys give me a like a subscribe a comment and a follow i love them all they are the best but if you guys want to take it to the next step and donate some crypto because this is a crypto channel after all You can donate via our Cointree, some Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, Litecoin, and a bunch of other crypto coins, Uh, especially Lightning Network. We have Lightning Network available as well. You can follow us on Noster, on Twitter, Discord. Follow the live stream on uh, Twitch. We are uploading the videos on YouTube as well. If you guys want to hear the podcast, they're pretty much on every single podcasting platform that exists out there. Just find it, C3 Media or to search Blockchain John. But the one I highly recommend is going to be the one from Fountain.fm, the one here, because you can actually earn Satoshis for listening to the podcast. So there you go, stack sats and HODL. And, yeah, check out the links here at the tree. All right, let's head on over to the news. First news of the day. All our news, once again, is provided by Decrypt.co. First news article written by Kate Irwin. And 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 really quick, I've actually been watching a lot of videos uh, today uh, regarding this whole BitBoy situation because it's 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 pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So let's let's read here. Let's read what's going on. Ben Armstrong calls allegations by BitBoy crypto network diabolical. Levels own claims against company. All right. BJ Investment Holdings, the parent company of Hit Network and BitBoy Crypto, removed crypto personality and YouTuber Ben Armstrong from the company this week, claiming Armstrong was suffering from substance abuse and alleged that he caused emotional, physical, and financial damage. Tonight, Armstrong says the conflict is far from over. Here's a tweet from BitBoy of the BitBoy account. Yesterday, BJ Investment Holdings, the parent company of Hit Network, took decisive legal action in removing Ben Armstrong from the company and specifically the BitBoy Crypto brand. This difficult decision is accumulation of a prolonged effort to help Ben during his relapse into substance abuse as well as reconcile the emotional, physical, and financial damage he has done to the employees of Hit Network and the BitBoy Crypto community. Responding to allegations published yesterday about substance abuse, the at join ben Coyne Twitter account posted a document showing all negative test results for a five-panel drug test. In a text message to Decrypt, Armstrong confirmed that it was indeed him who published the drug test result document. I'm withholding making any statements right now, Armstrong added. But in a group voice call in the Ben Coin Discord server Tuesday, Armstrong shared his thoughts on the current situation and vehemently denied the substance abuse allegations. Quote, I have not relapsed. I have not relapsed. That is a lie, Armstrong said in the group call. The content creator instead claimed that Justin Justin Williams and Hit Network CEO TJ Shedd con, uh, conjured the story out of whole cloth. Quote, Justin Williams and TJ have cooked up this plot because I take diet pills. I take uh, Phetamine, Armstrong said. Anybody can look this up. Everybody knows, my wife knows, he added that he has a valid prescription for the weight loss drug. Armstrong said that he has also been accused of taking substance like cocaine, but that such claim are, are factually incorrect. And no one at the company had ever asked him to take a drug test or confirm confronted him with the topic before his removal Armstrong elaborated in the voice call saying that he does take the steroids testosterone and dianabol they're quote they're using this to get to me out of my own company end quote Armstrong said explaining that his name was previously removed from Hilt Network's office building because he said he had bad credit from his past Armstrong dubbed all the allegations behavior diabolical and insane but a high-level le- high hit network employee familiar with the matter told Decrep that the company is not alleging hard drug abuse, but instead that Armstrong is consuming a cocktail of substances that the employee claimed is impairing Armstrong's judgment. In the Discord call, Armstrong said that he never enacted physical violence on coworkers, but did once threaten Shed. Quote, I threatened to beat the crap out of TJ when I found out that he was trying to take everything from me, Armstrong said. said, He's trying to strip every single thing from me. The Hit Network employee confirmed that Shed was threatened, but added that many people were threatened and alleged that physical confrontation did occur. Conflict at Hit Network has been reportedly ongoing for many months. In the Tuesday call, Armstrong also alleged that the company employees are telling him about additional measures being taken to ensure their support. But the Hilt Network employees, familiar with the matter, denies those allocations. Shedd declined to comment, Williams did not respond to Decrypt's request for comment. Overall, Armstrong uh, asserted that the company would not be able to succeed without his return. Quote, Obviously, the company is going to make zero money without me, Armstrong said. All of our major sponsors have already pulled out, so they don't really have a choice here, he added. This is going to get extremely dirty before it gets better, Armstrong warned. In response to the lost sponsorship claims, the Hit Network employees told Decrep that any claims that the company had lost all of its sponsors was laughably false and hinted that a lawsuit may be on the horizon. Yeah. This is going to be a disaster. A disaster. It's going to be a long disaster. Because this is going to be looked into very deep. This is this is definitely not over. So uh, for sure there's going to be a lot of updates about this coming very soon. So stay tuned. Next news. Alright, this one's written by Senator Lutz. Did the SEC just declare war on NFTs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did see this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This uh yeah, was talked about last week, and uh yeah, pretty much that's the answer. On Monday, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC announced its first ever enforcement action over the sale of NFTs. Vining a Los Angeles-based media company $6 million for selling illegally unregistered securities. But does the action signal an impeding crackdown against a broader array of of NFT projects? The facts of these cases weren't exactly ambiguous. The fine company, Impact Theory, told potential NFT buyers that if you're paying 1.5 ETH, you're going to get some massive amount more than that once the company became the next Disney. Wow, yeah, you're making promises that uh, you can't guarantee, buddy. However, Monday's news does leave much in question about the regulatory fate of the multi billion dollar NFT industry, which until this week had avoided the ire of the SEC's crypto allergic chairman, Gary Gensler. Oh, Uncle Gary. Following a pattern now typical for its crypto related cases, the SEC's announcement Monday was quickly followed. By a vocal rebuke from the five-seat commission's Republican minority, SEC commissioners Hester Pierce and Mark Ueda lambasted their chairman for attempting to assert domination over the NFT market, which largely consists of digital collectibles and artwork. Quote, We do not routinely bring enforcement actions against people that sell watches paintings, or collectibles, along with vague promises to build the brand and thus increase the resale value of those tangible items, uh, Pierre and UED wrote in their dissent. The SEC has never regulated the art market or the trade of luxury goods, but might the commissioner's current an- antith- ant- ant- antipathy for crypto-related products quacks it to start regulating the sale, of NFT-backed art projects, digital collectibles, and membership passes. Was Monday's action the takedown of a run-of-the-mill security scheme that only happened to feature NFTs or a calculated signal that the SEC is coming for the entire NFT market? Jeremy S. Goldman, a litigator who specializes in the regulation of NFT and blockchain technology, did not find the SEC's enforcement action this week to cross any sort of Rubicon in and of itself. Such a line would be crossed in the attorney's opinion. However, if the SEC took the opportunity to start going after the more mainstream NFC projects, quote, a lot of these projects are just selling art. They're selling collectibles, Goldman decrypt. If they bring in action against those projects, then I'll be surprised if they de- decide to open up that, pe- uh, Pandora's box of issues. Such issues would include wading into murkier legal and uh, physical uh, phys, physical forget it questions namely how to measure the expectations of profits against more abstract factors including the enjoyment of art and the pleasure derived from collecting rare items further, If the SEC goes after NFT art and collectibles, won't it therefore have to then regulate every art fair and bean babies convention in the country? The SEC does not have the appetite for engaging with the art market, Brian Fry, a law professor at the University of Kentucky who specializes in art and NFTs, told Decrypt. As a consequence, I don't see any likelihood of the SEC regulating the NFT art market. But to beg another... What is that word? Phys... 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 Whatever. Question. Who, what is art? Some of the top brands in the NFT industry do not hail from individual artists, but from a multi-billion dollar companies that sell 10,000 unit profile pictures, projects re, uh, re, renowned principally for their extraordinary resale value. A project like Bored Ape Yacht Club, Friar said, is selling selling in effect 10,000 shares for a fixed price and then letting them float and taking a commission on transactions. That looks an in, in awful lot like a company doing an IPO and then acting as a broker afterwards. Whether the SEC decides it can go after major PFP projects without appearing to encroach on the art world will be a delicate calculation. Several such NFTs have already featured in some of the world's most prominent art museums and auction houses. But the agency has also proven, at least in the crypto world, to possess a ferocious regulatory appetite bent on controlling the entire markets, more so than merely punishing sporadic Bad Apples. One potential indication of the SEC's future plan for the NFT market came buried in the cease and desist order that the agency released Monday regarding Impact Theory. To bolster its claims that the media company's NFTs were in fact unregistered securities. The SEC highlighted the fact that Impact Theory collected a 10% creator royalty on every resale of its founder's key NFTs. Because the issue is receiving some sort of value every time one of these NFTs trades, that could be a suggestion that they're encouraging liquidity. Drew Hinks, an attorney and adjunct professor at NYU specializing in digital assets, told Decrypt. Thus, the SEC could have just established a critical relationship between creator royalties and uh, securitized assets. If such an association is currently informing the SEC's decision-making, then the vast majority of the mainstream NFT market would, in the agency's eyes, fall under its regulatory purview. Most popular NFT collections either currently levy creator fees or are finding ways to, given recent industry-wide developments. In the last few months, creator royalties, charges typically ranging from 2.5% to 10% that are tacked onto secondary sales of NFTs and paid out to creators, have become increasingly threatened as some NFT marketplaces have pulled away from guaranteeing them. NFT industry leaders have condemned such moves, arguing that creator royalties are fundamental to the essence of NFTs and to the purpose of the industry. Several prominent companies, including Yuga Labs, which owns Bored Ape Yacht Club, and CryptoPunks have signaled their intention to only sell NFTs on platforms that ensure creator fees. Those companies may eventually win the ongoing battle with trading platforms over creator royalties, but the victory could end up being a a furic one that spells... Greater risk in the looming war over industry wide regulation. Oh, Uncle Gary, Uncle Gary. Never going to stop, right? Uncle Gary's always there to say hello to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Uncle Gary popping out of the closet like, hello, everybody. Yeah. All right, next news written by Matt DeSalvo. What Grayscale's win mean for Bitcoin ETFs and what it doesn't. Good. Let's definitely read this to find out what is going on because I did hear, hear uh, it's all here. Say right. Uh, I heard this earlier as well. And I want to know exactly what's going on. So let's see what uh, Matt DeSalvo says here. A federal judge's bombshell decision to side with Grayscale's fight for a spot Bitcoin ETF sent shockwaves through the crypto world yesterday at a time regulators are cracking down on digital assets companies like never before and the crypto market is largely stagnant optimism has flooded back into the sphere bitcoin and bitcoin related assets bolted out words following news that the u.s court of appeals for the dc circuit had seemingly paved the way for long-awaited spot crypto exchange traded funds in the states yes But, but, Tuesday's decision to overturn the SEC's decision to block Grayscale from converting its Bitcoin trust into a spot ETF doesn't mean that the Bitcoin ETF has been approved. Not yet, anyways. Wall Street's biggest regulator can still appeal the decision, and some commentators have said this is likely. After all, the SEC has seemed adamant that there's no safe way to give investors access to a spot Bitcoin ETF. But others, ex- but other experts have said this is unlikely to happen. Chair of Complex Litigations at Coffee Modica L- LLP, Joseph A. DiAvanzo, D- told Decrypt, while the SEC can appeal, it is not likely to do so. He added that this was because the SEC unlikely had a leg to stand on the quote log jam created the ssc in the effort to gain a bitcoin etf approved in the us had now been broken because grayscale was able to show a near 100% correlation between the bitcoin spot market and the chicago mercantile exchange futures contract prices grayscales had busted open the dam he said and the flood is coming in behind it a bit of background The SEC first approved a Bitcoin futures ETF, which allows investors to bet on the future price of crypto in 2021. But it's been dragging its feet in approving a spot ETF. This is partly because it claims that the spot Bitcoin market can be manipulated, but yesterday's decision showed the judges weren't buying it. The commission failed to adequately explain why it approved the listing of two Bitcoin future ETPs exchange traded products, but not Grayscale's proposed Bitcoin ETP. The decision reads, adding that that was unlawful. Now, now, the SEC and Grayscale have 45 days to appeal today's court decision. Though experts are now saying that it is likely a spot ETF Will hit Wall Street this year. The chances of the SEC approving spot Bitcoin ETFs this year have risen by 75% from 65% following Grayscale's win, Bloomberg intelligence analyst James Seifert said on Twitter. And here's a tweet from James. A lot of people were asking yesterday. Eric and I have moved to 75% for a 2023 launch of a spot Bitcoin ETF, and we think it's almost. A done deal that we will have one launched by the end of 2024 wow that's pretty cool that is freaking cool we have all including including myself we have all been waiting for a spot bitcoin etf oh, that would be so awesome all right Daychart llp partner timothy spagner told decrypt that recent positive reinforcement of the fact that it's not a question of if, but when. I think it's always been a question of how long will it take our regulators to understand the technology and be comfortable with its operations, rather than any permanent ban, he said. It just takes time. all right kryptonauts let's head on over to the last news article of the day this one's written by andrew thoroughvalas what's a bitcoin drive chain and why are devs at odds over its proposal yes there is currently a clash with bitcoin devs and this new bip 300 it's been it's been spoken of for uh quite some time but yeah let's uh let's see what's going on here <clears throat> A major proposal to increase Bitcoin's functionality is making the rounds on Twitter and, as it is now par for the course, is stirring controversy among developers. Drive chains proposed by Paul Stork as BIP300 and BIP301, which the BIP is an acronym for the Bitcoin Improvement Proposal would create a native sidechain mechanism for Bitcoin, allowing BTC to be trustlessly bridged to separate chains. The sidechains are secured through blind-merged mining, which allows Bitcoin's existing miners to effectively secure other blockchains without needing to run the sidechain's software. These networks could be built with whatever alternative functionality that Developers want while inherently inher- in- inheriting both Bitcoin's security and native currency. Sidechains are a kind of holy grail upgrade to Bitcoin, Stork told Decrypt via DM. We get every single feature we could want and even better. The features are all opt-in. That includes privacy, smart contracts, and additional tokens. Certain critics, however, don't think that's a good thing. The more I read about BIP300, the more it seems like a great way to introduce enormous amounts of grift, complexity, risk, and shitcoin-esque functionality into the Bitcoin codebase, tweeted the popular Bitcoiner Hodlnut on Sunday. Like many within the community, Hodlnut supports being extremely wary of change and of the motives of anyone politicking to change Bitcoin. Here is a tweet from uh, Checkmate hashtag Bitcoin. Rough consensus is beautiful. Almost 15 years in, and several soft forks along the way, and we still do not know the process for forming, agreeing to, and activating consensus changes. Feature, not a bug. Nobody is in control, and that is. The whole point. Beautifully said, Mate, Beautifully said. That is what proof of work is all about. All right, continuing on. Many others oppose drive chains as being a thinly veiled excuse to introduce so-called shit coins to Bitcoin because they're not entirely convinced it will deliver much utility. That includes avid Bitcoiner and Bitcoin Standard author, uh Saeftin Amus, who now advises El Salvador's president Naib Bukele. And here is a tweet from Saiftin. People only think tokens are a good idea because we live in a world of broke broken money. A good money is only is the only token anyone ever needs. Bitcoin is going to detokenize the world. Wow. Here's a, that, was, that was actually a response to Vortex's tweet, which says, There is absolutely no reason to ever issue altcoins on Bitcoin's L1 chain. Those kind of security trade-offs belong on layer, layers above layer 1, but never on layer 1 itself. There is no way BIP300 is happening. And I agree. Uh, Alright, continuing on. Yet, according to Stork, the opposite is true. BIP-300 stands out from protocols like taru, ordinals, and colored coins in that it does not require a new asset. Instead, they can be used for strictly BTC purposes like more private and scalable transactions. In a sense, it also keeps with the spirit of Bitcoin conservatism through one upgrade, drive chains could allow future development to take place on top of Bitcoin, no longer requiring changes to the base layer. It is the same as the Lightning Network. If you don't run a drive chain node, then you won't ever see it, said Stork. Here's a here's a tweet from Bitcoin is Crypto, or at Danger Shoni. What the plebs don't seem to get yet Is that drive chains enables all upgrades to Bitcoin, the ones we know about and the future ones we didn't even think about yet. And that's a response to Jay Berg that said, literally the failure is happening right now by not activating BIP 119. Can't you see exactly what you are doing now is why nothing gets done. Continuing on. It's not a perfect solution, however, certain developers are critical of drive chains for technical reasons, <coughs> especially related to that to their payout mechanism. As Stark explained, users must trust 51% of the Bitcoin hash rate not to broadcast an erroneous hash for six months straight in order to unlock drive chain's feature. If that happens, the L2 coins are lost. According to Bitcoin core developers Luke Dash Jr. This would make a uh, hypothetical 51% attack against Bitcoin far more dire. Not only could miners conspire to reverse the blockchain, but they would actively have the power to steal users' coins. Quote, With the current state of mining centralization, in uh, in my opinion, it it would be pretty dumb to send any Bitcoins to a drive chain, wrote Dash Jr. last week. There are better ways to burn Bitcoins or donate to miners. That said, the developer said he remains neutral on drive chains as a concept and that they should be available to those who want them if there's enough community support. Earlier this month, he submitted a rough draft proposal to GitHub on how to potentially implement sidechains. Now, okay, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. With, yeah, with uh, Dash Jr. The 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 beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that there's no central authority, bro. If, if you wanna if you wanna put these drive chains on, and you wanna use them, do it. Even though I don't agree with it, the freedom to do what you wanna do with Bitcoin, do it, bro. But I don't agree with it, and will I support it? I don't. I don't think I will support it for shit coins. Shit coins on Bitcoin. No, I am I'm, I'm good. I think I'm gonna pass on that, you know? Especially if it's on layer 1. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense, bro. Just use Bitcoin. Bitcoin Bitcoin so if you read the white paper, right? It's a peer-to-peer transaction a, a, a Bitcoin, okay? It didn't say use use layer 1 for 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 other coins. No. Okay? No, use use layer 2, use la- layer 3 or whatever. No, 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 No. 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 Where was that? Continuing on, but but I but I agree. If you want to do that, you do that. You know, like like the ordinal thing. You know, I still have not bought an ordinal. Ordinal. I I I like the guys that are so excited and so energetic to bring all that energy uh, into 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 Bitcoin. But you know, it's not it's not Bitcoin. I think it's pretty cool that you can you can, you know, use one sat. And literally make more than one Bitcoin back in return for that one Satoshi. That's pretty cool. That's pretty freaking cool. Ordinals are pretty cool. Uh, but I don't do it, I, and I have no, I mean, I, I guess I have a little interest, but uh, not right now. You know, I'm good. I like stacking sets. That's about it. Yeah. Anyways, continue on. Where, where, where was that? Uh, okay. While acknowledging the risk, Stork considered this vector of attack easier said than done given that any nefarious miner behavior would be highly auditable and would need to be maintained block after block for six consecutive months. Stork said miners should be incentivized to keep drive chains alive since they harvest them for fees. Theoretically, if this idea proves incorrect, then Bitcoin itself may also be doomed. Satoshi's design assumes that. In the long run, fees along... Uh, Fees alone will be juicy enough to compel forward motion of a valuable blockchain, he said. So either the fees are an effective deterrent or they're not. Atomic Finance CEO Tony Kai is also interested in how drive chains can foster Bitcoin's base innovation, but has several security and economic concerns. For example, minor extractable value, MEV, could Quickly complicate Bitcoin's economic and incentives if miners feel prioritized to process drive-chain drive chain transactions over on-chain ones. If a drive-chain were compromised, it might tarnish the overall trust in the Bitcoin ecosystem, he added in a message to Decrypt. We should probably tread carefully. Yes, exactly. And that's why there's a lot of controversy about BIP-300. And I'm sure there's going to be some more updates on that. But I think, in my opinion, BIP-300 is going to burn. Like It's it's not going to happen. It, that's, that's how it is with a lot of BIPs. There's tons of BIPs out there. Uh, and, and very few of them actually get implemented. You know, they're they're good ideas. They're just, good, bad, the ugly, it doesn't matter. They just put it all on there. And some of them actually are pretty good. And other ones, you know what? No, no, no. You know that's why, you know, that's why that's why people make pips. Put them out there. Uh, okay, okay. I think I think we're done. I think we are done. So <clears throat> with that said, Kryptonauts. Until next time. Stack sats and huddle. Adios.